Hey folks, SEAC retired John Wayne Troxel here. Welcome back to another episode of Leader Talk. I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas and, uh, you know, was able to spend time with their families and everything. On this episode here, I want to talk about national security and what it means to be a nation. And without national security, how can you be a nation? And when we talk about things... Uh, in our homeland right here now, the United States of America, there's a lot of contentious issues that go on. And one of the most contentious ones is our southern border. Over the years, we have had record numbers of illegal immigrants enter the nation. Now, people say, okay, Troxel, you spent 38 years in the army and everything. What do you know about the southern border? Well, I will tell you, that from a Department of Defense perspective, when I was the SEAC and Jim Mattis was the Secretary of Defense and Joe Dunford was the chairman, one of the things that they had me focus on was going to the southwest border, the southern border, twice a year to check on not only the troops that were supporting our Customs and Border Patrol agents down there and everything, but what was actually going on on the southern border. And so I spent many a time from McAllen, Texas, all the way to Chula Vista, California, and points in between, checking on the southern border. And when I hear people say, well, you know, the southern border is secure, it's probably one of the most ludicrous things I've heard of, okay? Because our southern border is not secure. One of the things that I learned in interacting with Border Patrol agents and our Customs and Border Patrol folks and in our ICE agents and everything, was that uh, it's a tough mission for them down there. First and foremost, because they don't have the appropriate number of personnel that they should have to do the mission. And that puts agents at risk. Second of all, they don't get the appropriate funding that they should get. And because they don't have that appropriate funding, they end up not having the appropriate equipment or at the cutting edge of technology to be able to disrupt any kind of drug activity or mules trying to traffic people in or to secure our border. And in the end, they don't get the national support that they should. Our agents on the border get looked down upon because people feel that they are oppressing these people that are trying to enter our nation illegally. Now, if you look at the statistics for the southern border. Over the past year, we've had 2.8 million encounters on the southern border. Only 430,000 of those were at the port of entry. So a one and a half million of those happened out in our open and porous border. Now, I, I am never gonna be against someone outside of the United States that wants to come to the United States for a better life. Because after all, the United States of America is the land of opportunity. But we have laws in place and we have methods to go about doing that. That's called coming to our ports of entry and requesting asylum or requesting to go through the process of being a citizen. I have zero sympathy for people that enter this country illegally because we are a nation of laws. We are the United States of America. Now, I've been married to a Mexican-American for 40 years, okay? So I've been living the Mexican dream 
for 40 years. And my father-in-law, who grew up in Mexico, came to this country. And he did it the right way. And he ended up becoming a U.S. citizen. So I'm all about people becoming citizens, but they got to do it the right way. The other reason that having this secure border is so important, you know, in 2020, our agents down there, they seized about 4,800 pounds of fentanyl. Since, since then, in 2023, they seized 27,000 pounds. That's a 480% increase in fentanyl that they have seized. Now, who knows how much has gotten through between our ports of entry and everything, but we all know the dangers of fentanyl and what it can do, and especially with the drug problem that we have in the United States already, what that can continue to do. The other thing is the human trafficking piece. The Department of State estimates that up to 17,500 people get trafficked into the United States each year. Now, just today, our Secretary of State, Secretary Blinken, and the, the Director, excuse me, the Home Homeland Security Secretary, Secretary Mayorkas, are in Mexico meeting with the Mexican government. Now, do I expect anything to come out of that that will strengthen our border? Absolutely not. And especially if our two officials are going there to tell the Mexican government that they have to strengthen and secure their border when we're not willing to do it ourselves. So I hope that meeting is successful, but I'm not optimistic about it. So what else is going on in our nation that can cause challenges with our national security. I'll cover that in the next segment of Leader Talk. But first, let's hear from our sponsors at Downrange Supplements. Downrange Supplements. As the brand of the troops, we produce only the highest quality supplements conducive to mission effectiveness. Whether it's our fully dosed pre-workout, recovery and rehydration, or Mermite protein, it's time to continually improve your fighting position with Downrange Supplements. Go to www.downrangesupps.com today and take your training to the next level. Hey folks, welcome back to Leader Talk. I'm SEAC retired John Wayne Troxel. Hey, in this segment, I want to talk more about national security, but some of the critical things within our nation that can cause challenges for us. First of all, we all have heard ever since the murder of George Floyd, the defund the police rhetoric that's happened around our nation. Now, I will tell you, I live south of Seattle right now, and I will tell you, we have a problem in Seattle with keeping police officers on the force. This kind of goes back to what I said about our agents on the border. When you don't get the proper funding, you don't get the uh, uh, proper support but more importantly, the proper respect, then where's the motivation for someone to serve, you know, and be that blue line to defend and support the citizens in the United States? And when you look at a city of Seattle, that's, you know, uh, roughly around 750,000 people. Right now, as of statistics today, there's 937 police officers there. That means for every 1,000 citizens, there are 1.3 police officers that can patrol the city per those 1,000 citizens. The national average is 2.6 per 1,000. 
So the city of Seattle is half that, okay? And those are FBI statistics that are put out. And when you look at what we've done to try and rehabilitate or habilitate our uh, crime and what we do to prosecute crime, you know, what's surprising over the past few years is that even though we went through this defund the police thing and we were soft on crime for a while, actually murders, rape, and aggravated assault, you know, very violent crimes have gone down in our nation. But because of this kind of soft on crime stuff, robberies and shoplifting and things like that have gone up, which have caused key issues with business owners who now have to hire more security people to keep their businesses secure, or they have to raise prices on the stuff they sell because people are stealing things like that. And you hear it all the time from some politicians where they will say that, well, you know, people are stealing because they're trying to live. Well, I find it hard to believe that somebody is starving when they're going into a major department store and stealing 80-inch screen TVs or something else, high-level brand tennis shoes, jewelry, and things like that. You don't see a lot of people going into local grocery stores and stealing potatoes. So the problem is that we've made it easier for criminals to do these kind of activities, and we've got to get after this. The other thing that has kind of gotten skewed is our First Amendment stuff. Now, in Troxel's opinion, everybody has the right to protest peacefully, meaning if you want to go out and say there is something wrong and you want to demonstrate against it by signs or something and trying to bring attention to something, I'm all for that. But when that starts affecting other Americans' lives, then in Troxel's opinion, it's not peaceful anymore. And we all saw through the unrest of 20 and over the past few years and, and recently with what's going on in Israel and now, all of a sudden, across the nation, you see these pro-Palestinian and even pro-Hamas protests. They aren't very peaceful. When it disrupts the average citizen's life, it's not a peaceful protest, ladies and gentlemen. And when you're blocking traffic because you want to protest what Israel is doing in the Gaza Strip, you're blocking traffic to important airports like JFK or LAX to send a message that you want the genocide to stop, you're not doing anything to help that. You're doing more to disrupt other people's lives, especially during the holiday season, who are just either trying to go to work to support their families, or they're trying to spend time with their families by traveling. It does no good. The same thing with trying to block ports, where a lot of our trade comes into our naval ports you know, in California or here in the state of Washington or wherever, people disrupting international trade coming through. That does nothing to solve the problem. It makes more problems where we can't get basic goods and services to the American citizens. Hey, I'm all for championing a, a solution to solve a problem where people may be being underrepresented or being oppressed. But when we do it just to do it, it does nothing. And it promotes victimization more than it does championism. And what we need more is people champion solutions 
to solve issues within our nation and being a part of that solution instead of being the problem or creating other problems. It might make you feel good out there disrupting people going to work, but it does nothing to solve the problem and it creates more problems. And ultimately it can lead to some very pissed off Americans that treat you in a not very respectful way. People talk all the time about the January 6th incident and Capitol Hill. And in Troxel's opinion, that was a very embarrassing day for our country. Uh, whether it was an insurrection, whether it was a riot or whatever it was, a lot of Americans went there that were upset because they felt that the election was being stolen. But the bottom line, that was an embarrassing day when those Americans went on to Capitol Hill and did what they did. And it's been made a big deal here recently where you know, the FBI can look at somebody's ear, just a picture of somebody's ear that was at the at Capitol Hill on January 6th, and they can find that person because of the technology they have and everything. But when the unrest of 20, and you talk about the 100 Nights of Violence in Portland or the Chop Chaz Zone in Seattle, which was a, an illegal annexation of six blocks of a major city to include the East Precinct Police Station, and our elected officials like the mayor saying that it was going to be a summer of love when it wasn't a summer of love, ultimately, because there was no law enforcement there, there was no first responders allowed to go into that annexed area. Pretty soon, violence started occurring, drug use started happening, and ultimately, three teenagers were killed in the CHOP Chaz zone. And when you look across the nation with the unrest, that the, the deaths and injuries that occurred... A big deal was not made about it in Washington, D.C. The bottom line when it comes to our national security, ladies and gentlemen, is we can't have a, sliding, a slanted playing field in terms of what violence we are going to prosecute and what violence we are going to say is because of social justice. Violence is violence, and whether it's left-wing or right-wing, it's all wrong, and we as a nation have to condemn it, and we have to prosecute it. The other thing I will talk to you about is that the American dream is still alive. The pursuit of happiness exists for the citizens of the United States. And if you enter this country legally, you have the opportunity to come in and have a better life for you and your family and generations of your family. But I hear it all the time. America is not one of the best countries and the American dream is not alive and everything. And they tell me things like, well, there's countries in Europe like Sweden, Norway, and Denmark that do a much better job of taking care of their citizens. Okay, well, let's look at this from an ethnicity, a demographic breakdown. Sweden, Denmark, and Norway are 90% Caucasian. So that means 90% of the people that, you know, some perceive have it better than the United States are white people that are being taken care of. When you look at the ethnic breakdown in the United States, by population, the United States of America has the broadest ethnicity by population. Now, there's others, language and other parts of ethnicity in there in other countries like Peru that have a bigger, diverse population. But by population in general, the United States has a better. 58% of our population is Caucasian. The other 41, 42% are minorities. You know, about 18, 19% Hispanic. 14% African-American, 6% Asian, and then, you know, Native American, 
uh, Pacific Islanders and others make up the rest. And then somebody even had the gall to tell me, well, South Korea does better at, you know, in taking care of their citizens than the United States of America. Well, South Korea has the kind of democracy it has because of the United States' involvement in the Korean War that saved that nation from succumbing to the North Koreans. And in the end, the demographic breakdown of South Korea is 96% South Korean. So 96% of the people that are being taken care of are South Korean. My point in all of this is the United States of America provides opportunity to a more diverse audience than any other nation in the planet. Don't get me wrong. We aren't perfect. There are other things we have to do to get after racism and and extremism and other things, and extremism of all kinds that I talked about earlier, whether it's left-wing or right-wing, but no other nation by ethnicity does a better job for its citizens across that ethnicity than the United States of America. Now, let's also talk about international incidents that are happening at home that have an effect. In February of 2023, the Chinese sent a balloon across the United States. Now, whether it was a lost balloon, whether it was a reconnaissance balloon or an intelligence balloon, or whether it was Mary Poppins on a worldwide tour, the bottom line is this balloon entered our U.S. airspace across the Aleutian Islands. And it made a cross-country trip all the way across the nation, and we did nothing. Now, a guy that spent 38 years defending this country abroad in Troxel's opinion, and knowing the Chinese like I know them from my duties as the SEAC and visiting that country and everything, this was a test of what the United States' response would be for a benign kind of item like a balloon coming into the country. Because we did nothing until it exited off South Carolina, and then we finally shot it down, and then our senior leadership in Washington, D.C., grandstanded about shooting it down after it had traversed all the way across the nation, that sent a message to communist China. So what would be next if the communist China tried to do something to our nation? Now, the good news about that is, you know, our great Americans in the state of Arkansas, you know, who are NASCAR fans and were drinking their Bush Light beer and had their Mossberg 500 shotguns out, we're throwing beer bottles at this thing and shooting when it was 30,000 feet in the air. What that told John Wayne Troxel was that if something does enter this country and it is looking to do harm to our nation, that there will be 300 million Americans, maybe drunk, but having their weapons out that will be defending our sovereign territory. That was the good news about that for me. But here's the other thing about communist China. They own 380,000 acres in the United States. Now, there's a lot of nations that own land in the United States, but communist China owns 380,000 acres. Someone that we call is our number one pacing challenge in our national defense strategy. The other thing is the communist Chinese uh, party's Ministry of Public Security has attempted to set up police stations in the United States, and most recently in Boston, where two of their agents tried to set up a shadow police station. Why were they trying to do this? To take U.S. land and to get after, you know, setting up their own police stations? Well, if you want to read a good book about this, 
It's the 100-Year Marathon by Michael Pillsbury, and it talks about how the Chinese started in 1949, and by 2049, they want to be the number one global power and replace us as the number one global power. So then, you know, the last part of this segment is the international kind of stuff. I've kind of talked about this before, so I'm just going to hit it. Obviously, China as our pacing challenge. We're going to have to continue to do things that will allow us to compete with this nation across the elements of national power. We're going to have to be able to respond to any kind of crisis and ultimately be able to fight and win. Not only communist China, but Russia as well. Now, I've mentioned before in episodes, the Russian bear has had its nose bloodied in Ukraine. But let there be no doubt, they have economic power and they have nuclear weapons that will still cause them to be a threat to us. And then North Korea, you know, Kim Jong-un is still trying to develop a nuclear weapon. He's got a nuclear weapon. He's got intercontinental ballistic missiles. But does he have the necessary reentry vehicle that he can put on that ICBM with that nuclear weapon that will allow it to get through the atmosphere and have devastating effects on the continental United States. Let there be no doubt, he's going to continue to try to do that as he continues to be a player around, uh, not just globally, but around the world. And then Iran, I talked extensively about them, number one state sponsor of terrorism. Their proxies are conducting attacks, not only in Israel, but across the Middle East. And, you know, they have proxies and agents in South America. They have agents in Africa and everything, and there's somebody we have to keep our eye on. And last but not least is terrorism. You know, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and the like, they may be nascent threats right now, but let there be no doubt that their number one goal is to plan, prepare, export, and execute uh, high-end terrorist attacks in Western Europe, but most importantly in the United States of America and in North America overall. And more importantly than those kind of attacks, what we have to worry about, especially with the things that I talked about earlier with a porous border where we've had dozens of people on terrorist watch lists come across our border and those dozens we've captured, how many of them we haven't captured, who knows. But what this kind of radical ideology can do to inspire attacks at home. It wasn't long ago of the terrorist attack that was inspired by ISIS on the nightclub in Orlando, Florida, or the inspired attack on the community center in San Bernardino, California. These are things we also have to have a strong military, we have to have strong national defense policies, and we have to have strong partnerships and alliances to make sure that our interests, as well as those of our partners and allies, are strong across the world. A daunting task, but we're the United States of America, and we can get after it. Okay, let's take a break. And on the last segment, I want to talk about the bottom line and what we need to get after it. And then I'm going to give my warrior shout out to a very special warrior. Before that, let's hear again from our partners at Downrange Supplements. I'm Colton Smith, and I'm announcing right now, Downrange Supplements is in your local commissary. If you're anywhere near a base and you have base access, get to the commissary and check out our pre-workout, our rehydration BCA formula, and our protein. 
I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is the best in the market. Enlisted 9 Fight Company, my brand, is partnered with Downrange Supplements for a reason. And I tell you, their products work. And also, don't forget, we kill suckers. Hey folks, welcome back to our final segment here of Leader Talk. I'm SEAC retired John Wayne Troxel. We've been talking about national security and why it's the most important thing for a nation and why we shouldn't take it for granted and everything. And I've talked about issues in the earlier segments, our border, in the, our southern border especially. I talked about things domestically with defund the police and, and soft on crime, stuff like that. And I just, in the last segment, kind of talked about international kind of things. So what's the bottom line and how do we get after this? First and foremost, we got to get away from this political polarization within our country. None of this is helping. And it seems to me that our elected officials on Capitol Hill want to continue to point fingers at each other. And what we need is more bipartisan efforts to come up with solutions to keep our country safe. And don't get me wrong, there are some great recommendations that come out, but there's always somebody or some entity that wants to say, nope, that's not good enough, or no, we want to go a different direction. Second of all, our commander-in-chief has got to stop criticizing people that don't agree with him. Much respect to our president of the United States. He is the leader of the free world. But you do nothing to help yourself, but more importantly, help this nation by criticizing people that disagree with you. We have to do better, Mr. President. And people continue to criticize what President Trump was getting after with Make America Great Again and America First. Well, I may not completely agree with America First and everything, but I certainly disagree with America being last. And when you look at some of the things that the former president was trying to do, people said he wanted to fracture NATO and all those things. Well, I was the SEAC for three years when he was the president. What he was trying to do was strengthen NATO by making them have more of their percentage of their gross domestic product put towards defense like we were doing. You know, the United States, we don't even reside in Europe, but we had a greater percentage of our GDP to defense than any of the NATO nations had. And to the former president, it didn't make sense. So that's why he was putting effort on that. And guess what? Those nations over there that did that, that raised their percent of GDP of, and spending to defense, made for a stronger NATO. And guess what it did? It was more of a deterrent to somebody like Russia and to other nations like China. And the other thing we have to do is we got to continue to strengthen our immigration policies and we have to support the men and women not only in our state, local, and our federal law enforcement, but those that serve in the Department of Homeland Security, and specifically our Customs and Border Patrol, our Border Patrol agents who are out there every day defending this nation and securing our borders as best as they can, and our ICE agents and the others, we have to give them our support, and we've got to strengthen policies that support them and get after the things that I talked about earlier, whether it's the materiel solutions to help them, the monetary solutions, but they dang sure 
deserve our respect and support for the job they do every day. We got to continue to have strong messaging internationally. I certainly don't want our troops to go to war, and I mentioned that in the last episode, but if our messaging and our ability to defeat a potential threat isn't there, then we certainly aren't going to deter anybody, and especially some of these terrorist kind of organizations or Iran. So from our senior leaders, we need strong messaging. And although it might have been a little overbearing to some, when Secretary Mattis was the Secretary of Defense, he was asked on a local news interview what kept him awake at night. He said, nothing. I keep others awake at night. Now, some people might think, well, that's an inappropriate message and everything coming out of, you know, a Secretary of Defense. But what that did to the two million plus men and women that served in the United States Armed Forces, it got them fired up. And they knew that the person in charge of the entire Department of Defense wasn't playing games with any potential threats out there. That's not a hit on our current Secretary of Defense. I'm, I highly respect uh, Lloyd Austin. I served under Lloyd Austin, and I think he is doing a great job. But across our nation, we need better messaging that will not only fuel and pump up the troops and our law enforcement and first responders, but also send messages to potential adversaries that they better think twice about taking a shot at the United States of America. And the bottom line, what we need is more Americans to give a shit about the United States of America and keeping us as the number one nation for global peace and security around the world. And too many times we have people in this country that instead of trying to strengthen our nation and make things better, they want to fracture and fissure it. And I hear it all the time, whether it's on social media or in the news or what I hear from people in person where they hate being an American. Well, if you hate being an American, then leave. Bottom line, okay? It's okay to criticize, but if all you're doing is to criticize, to talk shit, then you aren't helping this nation. If you want to criticize this nation because there's something wrong, as I've said plenty of times on this episode, then you come up with a solution or you join on a solution that will get after building a champion kind of outcome instead of a victim kind of outcome. Because the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, the United States of America is the land of opportunity. The American dream is still alive. And what we need more in our nation is people that think like champions and not like victims. And the more we do that, the more that those people that are oppressed or that have challenges or need assistance will be better able to take care of them. And that is what the United States of America is all about. So I want to end this episode by doing what I do all the time, and that's give our warrior shout out. And because I've been talking about national security, and because I've been talking about defending the homeland and securing our nation, my shout out today goes to a great American by the name of Vincent Vargas. Vincent Vargas is a veteran of the United States military, a former army ranger, who served in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan, came home, left the military, and went on a journey as a member of the Border Patrol. Starting off as an agent in the Border Patrol, he eventually went on to be part of a Border Patrol Special Operations Unit 
uh, the search trauma and rescue team. And he participated in some spectacular operations as a member of that team. One that comes to mind is when the two prisoners escaped from Clinton Correctional Facility in Dannemora, New York, and were on the run for 23 days. He supported that operation that ended up capturing one of them and killing the other. And that person, Vincent Vargas, just wrote a book. It's called Borderline, Defending the Home Front. And from a guy that served my nation for 38 years and to a guy that has served both abroad and at home uh, serving our nation, my warrior shout out goes to Vincent Vargas today. God bless you, brother. Keep pounding and keep doing what you're doing. And you can pick up his book at your Barnes and Nobles on Amazon or on his website. So that does it for today on Leader Talk with by SEAC retired John Wayne Troxel. Give a shout out to our sponsors again, Downrange Supplements. Go to downrangesupps.com and get a look at our supplement line that can help in your journey to a healthier lifestyle. Also, don't forget my book, Surrender or Die, Reflections of a Combat Leader, available on Amazon, also available on my website, pmehard.com. Don't forget to go to our YouTube page and subscribe to our page so you can watch every episode there. And you'll also uh, get a lot out of going to our website where you can get a free look at our quarterly leadership magazine known as Leader Talk Today. And last but not least, go to our Facebook page, eTool Nation, and follow with a bunch of other warriors that get after important stuff like we talked about today. So God bless you all out there. Have a safe and happy holiday season, and God bless the United States of America. Thank you. Boom.